and it's Hanifa Walida. And we are the gay aunties. Guess what we're doing right now? We're coming to you. <laughs> yes, we are recording our first uh, Sunday brunch. Yes, yes, <laughs> totally, totally. And and now you know that Red records hers in front of a beautiful global picture. And yeah. I perform, yes, yes, and I record in the closet. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the closet is well decorated, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, oh my God, we're so excited. We're so excited. This is yes. our first um sunday brunch you know we've been ruminating back and forth how we want this to flow you know talking with our interns and yeah. you know team and everything um so here's here's a new thing real quick before we dive into the day um we want to um first announce our first sunday brunch patron all right Ooh. all right <laughs> um she did not signify whether she wanted to be hollered by name so we'll just say thank you memory <laughs> you know who you are thank you thank you we appreciate you you are um the first and with that being said um with us talking about you know what we want for sunday brunch and having as many of you experience it and grow with us mm -hmm. um we want everyone who has been paying on patreon thus far we're going to just grandfather or grandmother you in <laughs> towards the end of the year. So you'll have for the rest of this year, you'll get to um, see if this is something you want in your life. Um, mm -hmm. but you'll get access to the video that you probably are watching right now. Huh. <laughs> You're like, hey, what's this video in my inbox? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, girl, what's good with you? Oh my gosh. So I have had the most amazing I can't say the whole weekend, but like definitely my yesterday from seven to 11 was <laughs> off the charts. Okay. So I would just say at one point in the evening, I'm standing there next to Avery R. Young, who is an absolutely amazing mm. writer, performer, singer, just badass black man. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm standing there talking to Avery, who's sitting next to Nikki Giovanni. Oh. And so, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so we're chit chatting or whatever, and he turns and laughs at Sonia Sanchez, who was sitting on the other side of Nikki Giovanni, about how Nikki just spilled the tea on how Gwendolyn Brooks couldn't cook. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, young ones, if you're not being taught in school or you don't happen to be in school or you just don't happen to know, look up the names, Google Sonia Sanchez, Nikki Giovanni, and Gwendolyn Brooks. Yes, and Patricia Harris was sitting next to Sonia Sanchez, who also was by Tony Okay, where, were you, where you in the midst of all of these great Oh women. my gosh, so there was, I think it's called Furious Flower, is a poetry um organization and they had an event at the african-american museum last night so i went because ty freedom ford and avery r young were there we're going to be performing i hadn't heard of it didn't know anything that was going on happened to walk up saying hey i don't have a ticket and this woman that i let go in front of me because i didn't have a ticket and i figured she did um <laughs> she was like oh i have an extra ticket here you can have mine my baby was sick, husband had to stay home with the baby. So here, you can have my ticket. So I am there with like 
the creme de la creme. Like, just because I said Sonia Sanchez and Nikki Giovanni, you can see that, like, the level of excellence in this event was off the charts. And it was, like, absolutely hilarious. One gentleman said that, oh, he was from East St. Louis. So I text my mom. I was like, send her a picture. You know this man? And she was like, oh, is that Eugene Redmond? <laughs> They went to high school together, and he said, well, oh, well, if you're from East St. Louis, you got to know this lady. He pointed me to another lady. He was like, I know your father. Right? So wow. it is a big family reunion happening in here. I can't even begin to list all of the phenomenal poets that were there. I came home, like, buzzing. I can imagine. Like, on yeah. a high, like, all of the... All of the greats who are still here with us mm -hmm. were either in that room or mentioned in that room. Mm. And it was so good. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was so good. And I started the day with Elena J posting um, quotes from me and asking, like, when you going to start writing, girl? When you going to get back to writing? And I was like, mm, eh, eh, eh end up the, at the end of the night in this space, like, no, for real. Yeah. Get your life together. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Because he has life showing you like, <clears throat> Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> and people asking to take pictures with me. Wow. See, Sonia, how affirming is that? I know. Sonia Sanchez gave me her phone number. <laughs> and made me promise to call her. <laughs> <laughs> you better. like, ah, is this really happening? Like, this is for real my life. So, yeah. I yeah. have a fantastic yeah. 7 to 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing when you're able to connect with people you read or people, mm. you know, you looked up to or you you felt so distanced from. Maybe not their work, but as yeah. people, like, I'll meet them. I'll, you I'll know. never be in a room with Rita Dove. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But this is, this is a good... I think this is a good affirmation for, you know, like young artists out here. Like this is actually one of the reasons why being an artist is so great. You know, mm -hmm. regardless of what level of your artistry, if you stick with it, you will, those six degrees of separation get less and less and less the more you're in the game. You yeah. people who know people, you find yourself in situations, you wind up either being in the same room with, performing with, Mm -hmm. You know, people who you idolize because you have committed yourself to artistry, period. Yeah. Literally, it's that commitment alone that can allow you to have access to, to folks that you've looked up to. So just want to mm -hmm. affirm all the queer artists out there. Yes, you know, keep going. Keep doing and, it. Yeah, just the stories after the event was over, just the stories that people were sharing and the tidbits that, that I just got to just be there to just get a little of. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 <laughs> yummy, yummy. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yes. Well, um, how was your weekend? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mom was not as nearly <laughs> as good. I know. As I should have started. <laughs> Skip next. Wait, so. <laughs> Right. But I'm here. I'm alive. Well, I'm yes. Creative. I'm loving, receiving, and giving love. So absolutely. Well. Okay, good. good. Like a dick. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but 
all that being said, we were talking about, we were going to um, kind of continue our conversation. Uh, I mean, look, the, the, the trans conversation mm-hmm. is huge, but we've been wanting to talk about, you know, um, the whole Malik Yoba thing and all mm. of, all that's surrounding it um, for a minute, but just haven't gotten around to it. So, you know, yeah. I just think let's, let's keep the trans theme from last week and, and keep it moving and try and just dive into this, this a little bit. And then we yeah. have a kind of sort of letter <laughs> for later. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, okay. I did not, I know that there's been more things that have um, been released since last week when I was watching the Malik Yoba stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll just go back to like where I caught on to it, which was Malik and Judge Joe Brown. Oh, God. Unfortunately, <laughs> came in at- that's where I came in the conversation. I had missed everything before and have missed everything after. <laughs> but just that conversation alone, and I guess this was they were on a podcast or some People kind of show. A podcast. I think it's Judge Joe Brown's podcast, and it's it's kind oh, of is it? a woman whose name I'm okay with forgetting. Um, um, yeah, I'm okay with forgetting, but um, yeah. I think one of the things that the podcast is that he comes on and pontificates on whatever the fuck he wants to pontificate on, you know. So right. they, they had Malik um, on um, talking about his trans attracted is what they're calling it, or at least what he's calling it. I don't know if it's an official term mm-hmm. or not, whatever. But I guess anyone can think of something, right? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about his his attraction to trans women, um, and. You know, when I first started listening, um, Joe Brown wasn't even talking. It was him and this this woman and or this host. And uh, I I mean, honestly, I thought he was holding it down as far as I could hear. You know, Mm -hmm. he was standing his ground on basically where I appreciate at least what I've heard from him thus far is the is the focus on the humanity. Now, him being attracted to trans women is what gets him on these shows, him being Malik Yoba. Gotcha. But what he when he gets into conversation, what I'm hearing is he's like, you know, these are human beings. You know what I mean? And so he's trying to think of different ways to present it to people who, you know, saw him as whatever, some sort of alpha, you know, male, which I think he still is, <laughs> you know, some straight, you know, whatever. You know, he considers himself straight. So that's what yeah. he is. And um you know, so he, but he's he's getting blows left and right. So now there's there's this thing. Well, okay, let's just stay on the Judge Brown thing, right? So in that interview, um, I I agreed. Like it started off where he was just kind of saying like, hey, like people are dying. Yes, and that's not okay, right? People are literally being killed because of the societal pressure. And I think it was a reference to the young man who killed his partner because he was being teased about his partner being a trans woman. Wow. Um, I didn't hear yeah. that. That was an interview? Did I miss that? Well, no, this was, oh, this uh, a he real made thing. a reference to Wait it a minute, in so that he, interview. He killed his trans uh, partner because, because his he, he was being bullied and, and teased by So he kills men. his partner? Yeah. Partner as a someone you committed to or agreed to someone be that he's been like in a relationship grow. with. Yeah, he life was in a relationship with her and he killed her. And please don't let me start messing up all of the details, but that's okay. what I gathered um from you know from the reference. And I had heard a little bit about it. Um, just as people were saying, like 
people that I was saying were addressing the bullying part. Like people destroyed his life and, and he killed his girlfriend because of the outside pressure. They didn't have any problems necessarily, but he was like being abusive to her and ultimately killed her because other people couldn't deal with his trans attraction. So this is this is a lot of different issues. This is trans um, phobia, um, both externally inter- internally. Mm-hmm. You're in a relationship with someone, but you. Uh, this is fragile male ego bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is again fragile male ego bullshit. Like nigga, be a man. You be your man. Stop, stop about being a be. Don't be the man. Be your. Man. About, yeah, but understanding about, that the. The setup for masculinity is only one small thing, right? And any deviations from that put you at risk. So it's either he would be at risk of danger from his outside people or, and we've seen this so many times that when people are getting all of this shit from outside, they turn it on their partner, right? And so she was catching all of the hell because mm-hmm. of what he was doing, you know, what he was experiencing. So Malik is saying, that's some bullshit. Like, we are talking about human beings. Nobody deserves to be killed because you can't handle you being attracted. And so he was saying, like, I have not, and this what he said in the interview, now I don't know how true this is because other stuff has come out, but he was saying, I haven't dated a trans woman. I'm just saying that I've seen a lot of beautiful trans women. He said he didn't date a trans woman? He said he didn't date a trans woman in that interview. Just the one that I saw. And actually, I might have been watching too because I feel like he was... Oh, no, that was. he was When he was going back and forth with Judge Joe Brown, he was saying that, ah, you, you're assuming that I'm pushing an agenda, but I've never dated a trans woman. I'm just saying I've seen beautiful trans women and they don't deserve to be killed. Right? <laughs> So, and he trans women in his life because he always refers to his peoples, like or rather his you know a group of friends mm-hmm. um, that he has, you know, my trans friends or you know just like you know his friends, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so he he's he's not transphobic, so he can enter into well, rather a better way of putting it is that he's his own man, and so being his own man, he can walk into any situation, walk into a room of any group of people, and be himself. Mm-hmm. So and and so in that regard, I respect him for being the name he is. Not like he's like a top-rate actor right now, but he definitely yeah. has a long history, and we all know Malik Yoba, right? Yeah. Um, to come and we at the very least consider him a, a straight, you know, black, uh, you know, man. <laughs> you know, bottom line, right? So yeah. he basically is putting everything on the line. Right. So we fast forward. I was just looking at this root interview where he walked out because I think the um, the interviewer was talking about what's another side to this um, where a trans woman or a now trans woman. But back in the day, she was a trans girl felt that um, or um, has alleged or accused um, Ali Yoba of, um, of basically pushing up on her when she was young. So we have very conflicting issues. You know, we got this issue where he says he's never even dated a trans woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to get too critical about it, but what do you, what is dating? Dating. dating means, yeah. What do you mean exactly? You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, um, and then there's this, this issue that if, you know, was he with someone who was young? 
you know, her being a trans woman, a trans girl is there regardless as a minor, you know, but he flatly denies it. So I don't want to hover on that too much, you know, um, cause it's just, he, it's her word against his basically, which would always All come right. down to, you know, um, and I don't know, how do you feel? Because, you know, um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of checking myself and my own feelings, you know, around this, because when any, when any, girl says that she was touched or approached or and everything, I'm by default prone to believe her. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, and I feel a hesitancy in my voice to have that same kind of, you know, fire behind this trans woman at the time, trans girl, you know, um, at the end of the day, you still need to prove it, you know, even though we know this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess it's just it's a split between what good I feel he's doing and what damage he may or may have not done. And then there is the third component where there are there are some trans people who feel that this is an, an uh, this is him being opportunistic, even narcissist is a word that I heard that it's about him. Mm. You know, so yeah, so mm, you know we have our struggles when we talk about trans issues. One because we are not trans people, and you know you just it's it's a a thing that is evolving and mm -hmm. sometimes you say things that you know are outdated sometimes you say things that are offensive and you don't know them sometimes you say things that are offensive and you do know it <laughs> right <laughs> um and so like we we try to tackle it as best we can um without offending people and without like or rather be ignorant and, and process, all of choosing to process in the public. Because yeah. Others yeah, yeah. who are processing as we are. And if we're willing to be public with it, you know, then other people can, can also process. And that's the word right. we process in the public, though we, though we judge that process publicly as well. We do process. <laughs> right. And so we're, we're open to public scrutiny and you know, that that's just a part of, of what's happening. Um, so I am with you in that I believe that you believe children, mm -hmm. right? Um, believe people when they say that this has been their lived experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, is there a margin of error? Is there, you know, place of people not really having the same experience at the same time? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but when the shit is like egregious, <laughs> when it's like over the top, then it is what it is. Um, so I don't know, like to speak on what that other situation is with the the woman who said that she was um, approached mm -hmm. uh, by Malik Yoba. But I do know that like he maybe she was one of the people that he was like, yo, like she's gorgeous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like there's, there's a lot of possibilities there. I also know that um, seeking to advocate for people without their input is dangerous. Right. <laughs> well, who say doesn't have the input? If he has. I'm saying Malik. Has a, no, so I'm saying. So no, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm saying like, like for him to be an advocate for the trans community and um, not have 
people on his team who are also making sure that he's aware of like the nuances and what to say and what not to say and how, you know, things should be framed and all of that is, is dangerous because you think you're doing this good thing and you may be causing harm instead of good. Like, I don't know. On the breakfast club, he had two trans activists there, at least on the breakfast club. Um, he also refers to trans people in his life. And I like my mm -hmm. friend as an a trans friend. He just talked about, he talking about, he was, you know, talking with his trans folks and whatever, whatever. Right. But is that like, Ooh, my black friend. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but what I, I guess what I'm trying to articulate is the, the way I took, the way he said it, it wasn't like my black friend. It was more mm. like I'm talking with my homegirls yeah. who happen to be trans. You know, yeah. I, on the regular, these are people who are part of my crew of folks. So it's mm -hmm. not like I just interview them for this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean, so that's the impression that I have. So, that, and I'm not saying that like that this is necessarily what's happening. I'm saying like in general, like. If, if white people are trying to be allies for black people, but they don't have any black people that are with them, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that they are allying correctly, they'll think they're doing something good. And all the black people looking at them like, nigga, like, <laughs> that's not helpful. Right? <laughs> and any other grouping thereof. Yeah, yeah. I know there have been plenty of times where I've said something that I'm thinking I'm being like, fight the power, and I'm all in. They were like, Please have a seat, Miss Summer. Like, <laughs> I just know. And so I try to stay yeah. in my lane and my locus of control. But also, <laughs> that's how you learn because I've been called out um, on stuff. And I can be pretty, like, you know, I'm the kind of person that I I'm, I'm very clear on where I stand until someone pushes me hard enough. Well, not hard enough, that's the wrong word. Smart enough um, <laughs> to show me that I'm wrong, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but the last thing you want to do is accuse me of some shit. Or accuse my character rather, you know, that, mm -hmm. that's the wrong way to go about anything. But, but yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like, but I mean, but that can be said for a lot of different groups. You know what I mean? Um, Cause I know that the first time that I either dealt with like trans activism actually was through um, black dykes. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Um, who yeah. I think were on the forefront um, um, with this a lot of the times, you know, and again, we're using these big words like, you know, and all the black lesbians and all the black trans, like everyone is different. Not everyone yeah. feels the same. You know, I've had, you know, when I've had to deal with transphobic, um, um, accusations, like deal with them, actually deal with them, which actually help move the bar for me because it's something you don't realize what you're saying. But mm. even with that, um, you know, I've had, you know, trans or black trans women in particular, this particular incident, but you know, um, Say, listen, 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 I fucking know you. All right. Now, this week, yeah. all right. It's how, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so, so then you learn, but they're coming to me. Well, when they know me, you know, they know I don't mean no harm, but I literally am speaking out of ignorance. And so trying to distinguish between when someone is speaking out of ignorance and when someone is just trying to be ignorant. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's different things and i think some of that is happening with malik where we have some people who feel that he's he is doing a good thing i mean just by the bravery of him because he did some shit he don't have to do right you know what i mean um he's you know it's, it's affecting his life it's affecting his just by literally saying i'm attracted to trans women literally just by saying that his life is whatever you know his life is is is, is being fucked right now right okay fine um 
So let's at least honor that. But then there are trans women who feels like he is being opportunistic, that the story is about him. You know, um, I, I guess, I, you know, I, I, I want, you know, whatever trans women who, who listen to our podcast to, to give us clarity on this, if this is what you agree with in regards mm-hmm. to him being the narcissist or, or him or this being an opportunistic thing. I mean, the whole thing with opportunity um, it's kind of like, you know, what they say about press, all press, or all press is good press, even if it's bad. Yeah. The same thing with opportunity. So it's not so much an argument like, why would he use this as an opportunity? This is something that, you know, you never know someone's reasoning if that is their intent to be opportunistic. You know what I mean? And it could have just been a situation that's blown up on him, right? Mm-hmm. So if he said in, what, in whatever platform that, well, I don't agree, Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't agree because I have, you know, women in my life who I, de- you know, who are trans identified, mm-hmm. I think, whatever, whatever, whatever. And mm-hmm. he's just saying it matter of factly, we know what the Internet does with that. Right. Yeah. And so we know how that can can blow up and like be blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. I have lots of different kinds of people on my social media page, like on my Facebook page. And that thing can get ridiculous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It can absolutely get ridiculous. And I'm in a conversation right now with one of my Muslim brothers and I'm like, nigga, you wrong. <laughs> like, you wrong. <laughs> and he can't see it. Yeah. Because what we what we need to address is that a lot of time transphobia and homophobia is tied into like that fragile masculinity. Mm-hmm. And that is all that a lot of black men have is their very narrow definition of masculinity. And they get to establish themselves in some sort of hierarchy that is off of the bottom rung. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they are black and male and straight and they do not agree or participate in or support anything yes. that is Under, that yes. is that is considered feminine because mm-hmm. in their life feminine equals inferior right yeah. and so if you are soft if you are and even if you like a hard man but you're gay then that means that you're not a man right so yeah. they have all of these layers that we can attack like from our you're wrong, you're wrong. But if we're not addressing like where they get these ideas from and why those ideas are important to them, we are not going to get through. You mentioned last week that like we think that yelling at somebody on the internet and typing in all caps is going to make them magically decide, oh my God, I've been delivered. Thank you for telling me I'm ignorant. Like that's never how it works, right? Or, so- or the you know, as beautiful as writing is, um, the one thing you don't have when you're reading someone's shit in however many characters is mm-hmm. tone, yeah, is pause, is inflection. You know what I mean? Is you don't, you know, and not everybody's the greatest writer, and not everybody. Mm-hmm can write all that needs to be written in a fucking post. They're just putting a thought out there. But people yeah. have gone to hell and back over a thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, a thought lacking of conversation. And I ain't even talking mm-hmm. about celebrity. I'm just talking about regular people. <laughs> you know? So there's, there's this thing. So how do we have these conversations? Or rather, here's a better question. 
Oh, here's another question. It's not so much how do we have these conversations around transphobia, but who's included in these conversations? Mm. Or is are, are these just trans women who are telling us, or trans activists rather, because it doesn't have to be trans women who are trans activists, who are telling other people, you know, how to do, how to speak, yada, yada, to an extent, you know, always say replace it with black and then you can understand. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> but also as black people, rather trans people. I don't mm-hmm. want to be teaching your fucking asshole because I'm tired. But also as trans people, I'm tired of being killed or I'm tired of not being able to, get to live a fucking life and go to the grocery store in peace. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but who's in the room? How? But at the end of the day, if the objective is to rid ourselves, let's say the objective is for people to be as less transphobic as they are less homophobic today. Now, let's say the homophobia is mm-hmm. you know done and gone, but it's definitely definitely less than back in the days, even right. you know two decades ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if that's the goal, that takes everybody. It's, it's, I feel like there's this, let me beat you up into submission. And for me, that doesn't honor how it's been done, rather, or done successfully. Done successfully, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know who, who should be in the room. And I'll be, I'll be absolutely honest about this. Like the way that um, I was introduced to not the trans community like at all, but like the the n- most recent wave of like trans activism was not in a way that I felt like I could participate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were a lot of things that I had to like fight through and get over and 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 deal with and come to understandings with so that I could um, see a place to agree. Right. Because and stand um, for when needed, when I'm the only one in the room that seems to have a, a sane mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But so in a lot of ways, it was presented to me in a way that I felt erased me mm-hmm. from the conversation. Yeah. Um, and so and I was having all of these like really uh, vi- volatile conversations with people about things because I had questions. Right. And we didn't know how to communicate it, communicate around the issue because we were so sensitive about it. Like we couldn't ask questions and give answers and kind of think about it and come back later and say, hmm, I was thinking about what you said and maybe such and such. Right. We didn't know anything, any ways to, to deal with this. So it was just like either you down or you the devil. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like. Because at that time, I didn't have um, trans women who were my friends or who had, like, reached out to me in any kind of way to, like, give me their insight or, or like, have that conversation. I was an other. Like, I was an outsider, like, giving my opinion on something that I, I wasn't intimately involved in. Mm. And you know when you are in that position, you liable to say, think, feel experience express any damn thing right (laughs) because you don't have any grounding for your opinion you Mm -hmm. don't have any real like uh context for what you think or believe and so you tend to think and believe what other people think and believe (laughs) exactly but as far as this idea of who's in the room there's also the thing is like and this is more speaking to trans activists or trans folks should not have to be the only motherfuckers teaching 
you know, because it's tiring work. It's emotionally exhausting. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not physically exhausting. So that's where, it, you know, the whole thing of each one teach one, the old, it's just, it really goes back to old school shit. It's like, you know, now there is a, a body of folks who aren't trans, but, but can at least act as trans active as far as a certain different degree, even within their own home or in their mm-hmm. own community, or if they're on a stage, if they take, yeah. you know, and that's accepted. But most trans activists, well, who are not trans are also queer. So there's an inlet mm. there. Now here comes yeah. someone like um, uh, Malik Yoba, who's, you know. Who's not. Who's not, <laughs> non-trans, like non-queer, period. I mean, maybe he's he's queer in his trans attractiveness. That can maybe be constituted as queer. Mm. I don't know if he would constitute himself as queer or define himself as queer. I don't know. Um, but that's aside from the fact that it's just like, okay, so who's in the room then? Now we have we have allies, trans allies within the queer community. And so a lot of those activists are speaking out and stomping and say, what the fuck, yada, yada, you know, we're the, we're the you know, we're there. We're almost like the white people in the front line between the black people and the police. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? To yeah. an extent, well, buffer zone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jesus. No, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but who gets to be that too? So is there... Is, does a buck stop with straight folks? Can they not be, or rather, if they are going to be allies, and what manner are they allies? Is there a rule book to that? So this is what happens when we, we as disenfranchised and marginalized people, are looking to fully and wholly join the wider world, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Or not change the wider world, because the wider world needs help. <laughs> you know, who is, you know, how do we define allies? How do we mobilize those allies? How do we allow those allies to feel that they are able to empower themselves to mobilize them? Like, this is all needed. It can't just come mm-hmm. from one direction. So if, that's why I'm kind of like, stop beating homeboy up. Now, I, again, I don't know about all this minor shit. That's something that needs to come out if it's meant to come out. But why is everyone beating this dude up? Because he is stomping. He's doing his bit. He's doing his part. Mm-hmm. What I mean, and he's not speaking. Yes, it's you know a lot of transphobic people there in the comments. Like, don't read the comments. We know that. Just don't do that. Those flurry and fire lives. You know, all the ilk of the world is in the comments. But really, who he's speaking to are other straight men like himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That are attracted to trans women or have had sex with trans women. You know, or in a relationship with trans women. You know, um, and this conversation needs to start. So who is the best person to start it? Mm. It's the question. So these are the questions I'm asking myself as all of this stuff is coming out. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. When I feel like we're not focusing, or at least when I just, just let the nigga talk, <laughs> you know, take from it what you will. But if he's getting beat up on both sides, how does that work exactly? Like, I don't know how, how, is, how does that work? That is a great question. I, I don't have an answer we gotta, for that we gotta, one. We always got to find some shit. And I mean, we as queer people, sometimes it's like we truly, we be throwing that baby out the motherfucking door with the bathwater. For real. Mm-hmm. For real. In the tub. Everything. You know? And it's like, nah, it just, it's like we can't have this slender idea of what is right. Because that always changes as we grow individually, as we grow as a group, as we grow as people. That's just humanity. So we can't be narrow in scope. 
or rather, here's a better, I'll just, I'll just say this. We can't be wide in our vision for ourselves. We be narrow in scope in our execution. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because there's going to be a, a lot of ways that the conversation comes up and, and a lot of ways that people are processing and, and addressing things that are new, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I also don't want to take away um, the trans community's right to yes. check motherfuckers that's out of order, right? <laughs> it just feels like a damned if you do, damned if you don't mm-hmm. type of situation here because he's being criticized and attacked. And, like, he could have just, like, not done any of this, right, <laughs> at all at this point because I don't even see his support base anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, at, at this, at this, I don't, I think transphobia is so intense that I think, I hope this is not the case, but I, I, I would put money on the case that he's being blackballed. He's not going to be seeing much work mm-hmm. from this point on, you know, um, he's one of the actors that, you know, every other year he comes out with a series, <laughs> even as a like supporting role, he come out with something. I think we ain't going to see him for a good minute. He was doing um, the plays. Oh yeah. He was doing the plays, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he might get some love there. And maybe that's where he, that was his interest to the queer community. Honestly, it's there. Ah, let's keep it one. Let's keep it one hundred. True. That's where we be. <laughs> you know, that was probably his inlet. <laughs> like, oh, wait, you know, and just having queer friends and just your peoples. You know, when you're working in theater, they become your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you spend more time with each other than you do with like your outside family. Family, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, that might have been his his inroad, but um, you know. At the end of the day, um, whatever may happen to him um, with this and whatever people think of him, it is now a part of, it is a milestone in our history as non-trans people and moving towards a a trans acceptance. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if he's going to be a martyr or or deemed a hero. I don't know how history is going to see him, but um, for what? I know to be true, and all I know to be true is what comes out of his mouth in regards to him talking about trans uh, uh, women, his attracted to them. You know, for me, it sounds like it's on point for the most, as far as the politics, the politics, mm. you know, um, I was like, wow, that's really progressive. I mean, for, I mean, yeah. I just, it's just hard hearing, you know, this straight black man not just say the shit that's on point, if you will, but say it with a vehemence that's like, nigga, this is it. You know, and also this kind of laid back, like, all right, niggas, I know y'all out here. It's so, like it is what um, it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are women, yada, yada, yada. This is not a question of your or your sexuality. These You are attracted to women, and these are just, we the women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what's the motherfucking point, you know? But anyway. God bless. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, that's was, all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got for now, you know, because this is an ongoing thing there. As it develops. As it develops. Um, Can I do, like, absolutely stop and take a second and be like, at the end of that Joe Brown interview, when the judge came on. Oh, God. I forgot that's where we started. Yeah. I was, I almost forgot that those people are out there. Like, so it was like a, a, like a cold shower, like for me, when he started talking, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm all about respecting your elders and, and all of that kind of stuff. 
But I'm like, bruh, we are so far past everything you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yo, bruh, like, so that means, I mean, but these are people, you know, and, and, and it's not just older folks. I just think people who stay in their little bubbles, whatever that small bubble is, maybe the bubble of your block, the bubble of your house, mm. the bubble of whatever little career you find yourself in where everybody is in the closet or straight. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and so it's easy to stay that ignorant for a long period of time. That degree of ignorance. Like, that's like over the top ignorant. Damn, my nigga, you really gone. Yeah, but oh, it's scary level. because of your position. Yeah. And so if uh, any, right, it, it, as a judge, mm -hmm. it is absolutely horrifying that you have the power Even to make decisions, mm -hmm. right, with the narrow, like archaic manner in which you approach humanity. Exactly. Like you are really in agreement that a certain group of people can be killed. Basically. And you are and, and, and you the one that's supposed to uphold the law. Yeah, but <laughs> if you don't if you don't if you don't even consider someone's humanity is what does the law got to do with anything? You're not mm. you don't see them as human beings who are deserving to be protected right. by the law. So what is the proper law? You know? You know, and, and it's like and people need to understand that where as much as he is transphobic to that, the people who talk like that, yeah. that kind of venom is they're, they're more than just transphobic. They're homophobic. Yeah. They're probably womanphobic. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure relations with his women suck. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know, so there's a lot that goes along with that sort of headspace. So don't think, you know, you know, you're transphobic. You may not call yourself transphobic, but say you're transphobic as like, yeah, Judge Brown. And say, you know, you can be, you can be, um, yeah, you're a homosexual who's transphobic. Like, yeah, Judge Brown. Like, nah, he don't like your ass either. Or you can mm -hmm. be a woman, a straight woman. They're like, yes, I like that Judge Brown. He talking to real. Like, yeah, okay, be in the room alone with that nigga. Like, for real. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's like, don't, it's all the same tone. It's all the same bullshit. It's all the same toxicity. It's, toxicity. it's all the same ism. Obia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking about this like a minute ago that men, like straight men who think like that, like totally in agreement. They hate trans people. They hate um, homosexual people. They also hate women. Right. <laughs> and they only see women, especially those ones that would be like sister, queen, blah, 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 yeah. like all of that foolishness. Okay. They only see you for sex and servitude. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. And so, want to hear it. You still are a tool to um, kind of bolster their supremacy. Yes, because somebody got to be supreme. You know what I mean. And you know, if I ain't white enough, I'm gonna be man enough. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so y'all can y'all can you know those of y'all out there who may be high five and Judge Brown because of your transphobic ass. Trust me, this is probably a reason why he don't like you either. Because the point is that he doesn't. I don't think he likes. He doesn't know how to love. You know, he doesn't have access to his own love. So why do you think I'm going to give you some? Because of who you, mm. you know? Yeah, agreed. Anyway. Wow, this has <sighs> longer than I thought it would go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Good job. Good job. <laughs> well, we do have a mini letter. We have a mini letter. We'll try and handle it mini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this isn't a letter letter. Um, one, we want to definitely encourage you all to uh, send letters to uh, your gay aunties if you got issues and questions around life, love, career, the situations that be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have most likely been through it or know somebody that has. <laughs> um, so we're here. And we'll look it up. We'll look it up. <laughs> we will do our homework if we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We want to give you the best um, advice. Again, we're not your psychiatrist or psychologist, but mm-hmm. um, we have lived a little. So the things that make you most human, we probably can help you with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so holla at us at your gay aunties um, at gmail.com or you can DM us um, on Instagram at your gay aunties. So the mini letter, you know, we didn't really have an official letter. So we hollered at our team. It's like, listen, y'all, you know, what have y'all been going through? You know, this is our first Sunday brunch. Shit, we don't got a letter, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, we, so uh, one of one of our, our team members, um, Latoya, was like, well, you know, I have a lot of uh, masculine books, lesbian friends, right? Or I guess that's redundant masculine. Anyway, masculine. Anyway. She would not say butch. I know she wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, this is not verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> basically, 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 um, and this we may we may table this for another because this could be a whole episode unto itself. But we'll speak a little Ooh. bit. All right, then bounce. Okay. Okay. So basically, <laughs> basically, some of her friends, um, who are masculine, who have dated feminine women, they have been bi, and they now are like, "Fuck that! No more bi women." And the reason being is, you know, usually the thing is, you know, well, I don't trust them. And, you know, that's a lot. A lot of that is based in fear. Right. Mm-hmm. But her friends are like, I feel like my womanhood is not valid, at least from their experience, mm-hmm. that their womanhood was not validated in the um, relationship. So for these bi women, um, they date men. And they want a man in a woman's body. And, and, and that's it. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Old, old I got you. Because I'm like, wait, what? Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically they, they feel like, you know, like this nigga always opened the door for me. It's like, you know, all those things that are put on men by default and men are trained to be. That is like this idea that, that masculine lesbians um, want to be men. For me, that's where it's offensive. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That we trying to, yes, some of us do that whole shtick, but those of us who identify as women have no urge or want to embody a man or to live their life as a man, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and damn sure don't want a bit, excuse me, don't want a woman <laughs> treating me, I'm sorry, yeah, you know, <laughs> don't want a woman treating, or my woman treating me like I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Or do you want a woman or do you want a man? It's two different things. And because I wear pants and because I have a masculine body language, that don't make me a man. And I don't want to be one. So I get it. I'm with them. You have a masculine body language. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? No. (laughs) Okay. So mm, I will say as a feminine woman who dates masculine women. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) I know that there's a lot of confusion and I've heard like for the entire time that I have been um, in the LGBT community plus, plus, plus that, well, why don't you just get a man? Right. (laughs) And I think that there is 
a part of that conversation that is missing in that she don't want a man. <laughs> I think that's a simple part. But then there is a um, a relationship between masculinity and femininity that we see a lot of times mirrored in lesbian relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so there, and even when it's not necessarily the masculine and the feminine, there's like this dominant and and passive. I don't know what's the other <laughs> side of that uh, submissive yeah. mm -hmm. um, relationship that goes. Mm -hmm. I have been in several relationships where I was the dominant partner, even though I was the feminine partner, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so like be. In the in the streets, in the public, people, you could be the stud all you want to when we get home. <laughs> like, and not just sexually, like just our relationship, like the way that we um we manage each other, the way that we relate to each other. I'm I just revert and they revert. <laughs> we just go on. Um so in that respect, I had to learn how to navigate that. I had to learn that being in the one in the skirt does not mean that I have to only be in a relationship this type of way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a part of just maturity and you really growing in your relationships and growing with like your understanding of who you are and what you want. You do not have to be like Susie Homemaker just because you're the one with the dress on, right? Mm. Um, a wonderful part about these relationships and, and the setup is that you get to determine what it is for you. And that's even if you're with a person with a penis. And, 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 and then <laughs> going back just to, to the, to the gender studies one-on-one, the separation between your actual sex. Mm-hmm. Mm, <laughs> your gender expression and then your sexuality. Yes. Those are three different things. And they can come in all a myriad of combinations, you know. So, you know, these bi women, one, to some degree, I had to question how bi they are. I think a lot of times it's, it's straight girls playing games, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's not, because we're talking about women who are bi. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, the bi women I, I know, they understand what we're talking about here, that when they're with a woman, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that they're with or, in, or rather, if they're with a woman who they're attracted to women who are more masculine, they're not trying to replace a man. You know what I mean? They are enjoying their time with this woman and all the womanly things she has to offer along with the masculine. You know what I mean? And some by women, when they when their their attraction to women is more femme. So there's a lot of different things. But this whole thing where someone is literally treating you like a man, which is the, if you don't identify as a man, that is, for me, that is one of the worst belittling, degrading feelings. Like you don't see, basically you're saying you don't see me. You don't mm -hmm. see me. All you see me is a nigga opening the door for you and you being treated. So it's all about you, about how you're being treated so you can uh, uphold or affirm your sense of femininity because your, your nigga is a nigga. I'm not, I'm not your nigga. I'm really mm -hmm. not, <laughs> you know? So. so on the flip side of that, for me, I have also had, like I got to the point where I was negotiating that because I was in a relationship with a woman who was very masculine identified and wanted to be like treated in very masculine ways, wanted to the sex and service, right? And wanted to to do all, like 
to be seen in that way and treated mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but then wanted to also like flip the script <laughs> like at will. And I'm just like, we're going to have to be consistent because I'm always caught off guard because I don't know like if today is the treat you like a man or treat you like a woman day and I'm always in the wrong, right? Okay, now that's where she's wrong. If she's putting you in the wrong or you ain't catching up, that's one thing. I mean, some days I feel more manly than others. Some days, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that can that can flip from one moment to, that's why I don't want anyone to lock me down like, because yeah. I like this kind of hat or whatever, that there's a consistency that you're going to expect from me because bitch, you with the wrong bitch mm. you really are, you know? So, um, that, that, that's, that, I mean, that's how I roll, you know, as, as a masculine identified less, I don't know if I'm not masculine. I mean, I am, I know that I, you know, I can't try to be nothing else. I am what I am and I know how the world perceives me. So whatever, but I know that this particular issue, it has been an issue in my life time and time again, where I've been, um, with women who don't see me for who I am. Well, mm-hmm. when I was younger, who don't see me for who I am, you know? Um, and that's important. It's just as important as anyone being seen for what mm-hmm. they are. You know, it's just as painful as some random, some random hotel motherfucking tree saying, why are you trying to be a man? Like you yeah. don't see me and you mm-hmm. don't know me, but you want to offend me. It's the yeah. same thing if I'm with some woman that, that sees me, I need to be consistently this period. And you know, I need to play the role, perform the role. Mm -hmm. I got time for that yeah and y'all gonna have to figure out this is you know y'all masculine in general not any of you individually um (laughs) what kind of um experience Mm -hmm. you want your partners to have with your masculinity Mm -hmm. because you know we've also seen a lot of times that it's not always the best parts of masculinity that are being embraced right (laughs) Um, a lot of the the toxic masculinity it's not the best performances of yeah is a lot of that that toxic stuff is being embraced because you get to escape it by embodying it mm. right you get to escape the objectification you get to uh, escape the abuse and the you know submission and all of that stuff by embodying masculinity and then you heat that all of the stuff that you didn't want to experience yourself onto your partner. Not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's so much a thought, again, I don't speak for myself, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's so much a thought like, oh, okay, I can escape this. Oh, I mean, I'm just not that nigga anyway. I'm not going to ever abuse anyone or mistreat anyone or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, there. I think there. I'm going to take a walk and say there are definitely more masculine women who don't go out in the world with the literal thought I'm embodying malehood. You know what I mean? Yes, there's a, I think when you're younger, there's a performance that happens, you know, because you're trying to work it out. You're trying to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. But as you get older, that shit don't matter. You wind up settling into whatever your expression is and everybody else can, everybody else can fuck off. (laughs) You know, you're not here to impress nobody. You're not trying to be that hardest nigga. You ain't trying to be that girl in the middle of the dance floor that's, that's dancing like she, you know, like her muscles are um, petrified or something that she can't move. Like, bitch, you black dance. You know, she's trying to embody this kind of masculinity on the dance floor. You know what I mean? You, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you try, you try to do, you try to do all this. But yes, you're right. Masculine women in particular do need 
Anytime you do that is when you're young. Figure out how you're going to express your brand of masculinity, how you're going to perform your brand, your individual unique brand of masculinity, or just expression general. And you're going to be drawing from all the memories of your life. You're going to be drawing from all the things you experienced as a little girl, what all that, all that, all the oppression, all that. All that's going to feed into however you, at the end of the day, are going to express yourself to the world, you know, as far as body language. And let that be that, you know, and whoever's going to love you is going to love you for that. You know, if someone tries to put you in a different box and tell you need to be in that box from nine to five, (laughs) (laughs) you know what you can tell them. Tell them, tell them your aunties and even tell them what you want them to do. (laughs) You know, you know, because maybe that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. All right, we're going to cut that short because I know we're rounding off. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right. All right. So thank you, um, Sunday Brunch folks, um, for joining us for our first Sunday uh, brunch. Um, again, if you have been a Yage Auntie's Patreon supporter, um, we're going to grandmother you in. So you're going to be able to experience Sunday brunch to, you know, to the end of this year. And then you can decide if you want to continue on. Um, and for all of you, we really want to welcome you to come to Sunday Brunch um, with your gay aunties. And you can do that at patreon.com slash your gay aunties. And it only costs you 10 bucks a month. And we're going to come to you every last Sunday with a great guest. This is just our baby episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to have great guests. We have great guests lined up, and we're really looking forward to that. So, holla at us. And with that being said, my name is Honey for One Leader. And I am Red Summer. And we are the Gay Aunties. Bye. Bye, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yay.